Hey, welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 133. That's a lot of episodes. On tonight's show, we are going to uh, get out of our comfort zone a little bit. And uh, us old farts are going to look at Willow Smith. Now she goes by Willow. Her new album, Coping Mechanism, came out a few months ago. We're going to check that out tonight. We're also going to look at some music that is out of our genre and uh, see if we could find anything that we like. And uh, then we're going to do a little um, challenge in the uh, form of a Lester Bangs challenge, which we, uh, it's like a who's that band kind of thing. We're going to do that. And then uh, we're going to round it out. Metalhead Monday and I are going to talk about Sandman number 23 when Dream ventures into hell. So stick around for that. That was really cool. Joining me tonight is none other than himself, Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Monday. There he is. Hello, hello. Right there. Backstreet boy himself, Metalhead Monday. That's me. The goat. And uh, <laughs> back again is T-Bags. Swinging deep into the valleys of Liptonia. That's nasty. Able to plunge from high altitudes, only to land with a gentle splat. That's nasty. Receiving only the finest education from his instructor, Earl Grey. It's... It's... T-Bags. Too hot for TV. Hey, guys. There he is. Yes. I like, I like on the graphic that it's just like, just the word nasty, like... <laughs> Off-centered on a tag. <laughs> because it's nasty. Yeah, no. Come on, Tony. <laughs> I love it. I have zero complaints. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's a fun one. And when you're not on, we don't get to play it, so that's a problem. <laughs> so I'm glad you're here. Good to be here. Well, gentlemen, got a big show tonight. Out of our comfort zone night, so to speak. All the oh, way yeah. around. I think Metalhead Monday is really out of his comfort zone tonight. Uh, yeah, a lo- little bit all the way around, but, uh, I found, uh, I found some winners for the challenge, I think. Good. Well, that is good. I, I really didn't, but, um, I mean, I did find one and we ended up reviewing it. So the, the rest of them are kind of okays, but, uh, nothing that I'm going to like latch onto and really dig in and, and start listening to on a regular basis. So yeah, it's what it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. Are you guys ready to name that band? Yes. It's the challenge inspired by Lester Banks. There is a really good clue in this one. And I know that both of you guys are pretty smart. So I think you guys will uh, nail this one quickly. If anybody is listening or watching on Facebook or Twitter, please chime in when you think you know the band that this is talking about. This is a review. Um, This is an actual review from quite a while ago. I'm just going to leave it there with that. I'm not going to give you the actual year. You guys are too smart for me on that one. You'll figure it out. Uh, but it has been a minute. So are you ready? I am ready. Yep. Here we go. It might seem a bit incongruous to say that this band, a band never particularly known for its tendency to understate matters, has produced an album which is remarkable for its low-keyed and tasteful subtlety. But that's just the case here. The march of the dinosaurs that broke the ground for their first epic release has apparently vanished, taking along with it the splattering electronics of their second effort and the leaden acoustic moves that seem to weigh down their third. 
There are old English ballads, a kind of pseudo blues song, a pair of authentic songs, and some stuff that I might actually call shy and poetic. And a couple of songs that, when all said and done, will probably be right up there in the gold-starred hierarchy of put them on and play them again. What band? What album? Hmm. Uh, oh, I don't remember what their third album is called, but I don't know. Something about this is making me feel like it's Van Halen. Nope. All right. Hmm. So their their first album. So I don't remember what the exact wording was. It sounded like they said it was like inspired by dinosaurs. Broke thing for their first epic release. Release is apparently vanished. Hang along with the splattering electronics of their second effort, and the leaden acoustic moves that seem to weigh down their third. Okay, so this is fourth album. Okay. He says the march of the dinosaurs that broke the ground for their first epic release. Right. So yeah. heavy, heavy record. And they said old English ballads in there, right? Mm-hmm. And a pseudo blues song, a pair of authentic songs, some stuff that I might call shy and poetic. Wow. Um, Led Zeppelin. That's where I was going to. Mm, which album? Well, if it's their fourth album, four. <laughs> Led Zeppelin 4. Uh, that's the clue I thought we're, that we were going to get to was 1, 2, and 3. Well, it's the fourth one, oh, Zeppelin 4. So, yeah. yeah, that's it. And this one uh, was from the year that it was released. So it's not mm-hmm. like there's a lot of them that you see somebody like in 2018 or 2019 does a review on an old record. And I try to yeah. stay away from those if possible. That's cool. What year was that release? Does it say 70? Oh, I didn't write that down. It was what, 73 or 4, maybe? Something like that, yeah. I'd have to look it up, but I don't remember. I don't, I don't, I'm not up on my Zeppelin timeline, their releases. Yeah. I know, I think their their last album came out in like 81 and then they were done. So I don't think 80 or 81. I got the unofficial box set through Columbia House, basically. Just like, oh, wait. Eight of <laughs> okay. my 13 are Led Zeppelin. November 8th, 1971. Okay. 71, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, good year. Good year. Yeah, they did okay for themselves. <laughs> I think I think people might continue listening to them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they might have a little longevity in this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they're making money, though, because, I mean, Robert Plant keeps having to make albums with Allison Krauss, so. <laughs> That's a sure sign, right? Yeah. And they never That's sold any thing. records. It was all this uh, streaming that took away all their cash. Yeah, that <laughs> stuff, and the stuff he does with her is actually pretty good. So. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a great singer. So they've been reincarnated, obviously, as Greta Van Fleet. So. <laughs> <laughs> they were Sistine's comment. I know. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> uh, now, they did change a little bit, but their first couple of songs that were popular were definitely Zeppelin-esque. There's no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Uh, it took her a little while. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I think we all like Greta, so don't worry, sis. Yeah. There are, worse, there are worse ways to break onto the scene. No kidding. Yes. So. And I think they even got... Um, 
Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I think they even got, like, the nod from Zeppelin. Like, hey, these guys are good, so. Well, there you go. That is a good thing. Speaking of Zeppelin, hey, how about Willow? You guys ready? (laughs) (laughs) You might say that would go over like a Led Zeppelin. (laughs) Oh, rude. (laughs) So, anyway, this is one that that I found um, when I was, you know, the challenge that we will be doing in a little bit. Do Do we want to do that first? Probably since it leads into you finding that. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. That's usually what we do anyway. Challenge. Perfect. Tony, lead us in. Who's your challenge? Okay. Well, what kind of inspired it was, one, I, I feel like I'm giving the same answers a lot of times. It's Pink Floyd. It's Nine Inch Nails. It's, you know, Tool. And so, um, I also, we had all these year in reviews. I don't know what music service you use, but like Spotify will say, here's what you played the most, you know, last yep. year and all that. So I was thinking, like, what did I miss out on by just being, like, kind of pigeonholed by the algorithms or in my own loops? Mm-hmm. So I challenged us to branch out into a genre that you, a genre or two that you typically don't listen to and use your music service or use however you want to try to find them and um, try to find something you liked. You know, normally there's at least one or two out of a genre you don't like that are worth listening to. So, Sure. Um, Metalhead, you want to go with one you found? Uh, yeah, I did a couple. I did, uh, I found a couple songs on, uh, like the top R&B list. I found a couple songs on the top country list. So, uh, I guess we can start with R&B. Um, the first one I found, uh, I feel it's kind of cheating. <laughs> uh, it's a song called Where I Go. Uh, it is kind of a, a super duo called No Worries. And, Half of that duo is Anderson Pack, who I, I like. So I feel like this was kind of, this was kind of cheating, but I didn't actually I didn't know that when I listened to it. So, That's um, so it's Anderson Pack and a producer named Knowledge, and they are no worries. And this song also features her. So, um, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's. I think anything Anderson Pack does is going to at least be interesting. So, and it is, and I kind of like. It. I don't. I don't listen to very much new R and B at all. Most mm-hmm. of it I care for, but I yeah, I found this one and it was pretty good. Sweet. Yeah. I'm right. not the one. I'm not the one saying cheater because I feel like you. Uh, you probably wouldn't listen to that song at all without this challenge, right? Uh, probably not. Unless probably, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, okay. no, no, good choice. Uh, one that I found, uh, this was a TikTok artist who's so fancy that he flips his A upside down, look like a V. No way, so his name is Jake, but it looks like Juvka. <laughs> and um, he has a song called So I Went Pop. Because I can't find a country. I don't know. I just didn't want to go there. And I don't listen to hardly any pop at all. So I went to the pop and, and found this. Um, a song called Golden Hour. Um, has really cool, cool, like cool uh, piano in it. And an upside down uh, E? <laughs> it's K-E-W-L. Keel. Okay, gotcha. And uh, has some really cool violin. It's got some really fast-paced, cool rhythmic lyrics. It's really not a bad song. It's a shame it came from a TikTok thing, but hey. 
That's what the kids do these days. So apparently he is pretty popular and this isn't his first song. Um, but it was the first song that I listened to and it really wasn't bad. I went through a whole list and listened to a lot of garbage to come up with this. And um, so that was one that I found. It's Jivka. <laughs> what's the title of the song? Golden Hour. Golden Hour. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I probably won't know most of these since we're not all listening. I'm going to try to take some notes and go back and listen to them. But yeah. Um. I, well, before I say mine, how did you? How many did you guys do? Because I did. I did two from two different genres, so I had four Same. total. I did Same. two and um, an entire album. Okay. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Um. Okay. Um. Well, I went with. I'll go. I'll start with country. I went between country and pop because I don't typically listen to those very much. But um, country. Uh, there's one called Way Down Yonder. That doesn't sound very country, does it? Um. Way Down Yonder by Chase Rice. And um, I kind of liked it because it had, it had some kind of reminders to me. And I think this is a tie-in because Yellowstone and 1883 and all that stuff is very popular. That like the cowboys are kind of the original gangster badasses from back in the day. So it kind of has a feel like if you were to take gangster rap and flip it into country, that's what it kind of reminded me of. So yeah, Way Down Yonder. I just can't think of when I think of country music, I just think of Bo Burnham's song, which is just so good about country music. That's where I am with it. So I didn't even go that route at all. But I gotta say, Chase Rice is about that that is about as country singers of a name as you can get. <laughs> yeah. That's true too. Yeah. All right. Monday, what's your next uh, one? yeah, my other R and B song, uh, artist I had never heard of. Um, the lady, she, I think she's in her mid thirties. Her name is SZA, which is like RZA and Giza. It's just S Z A. Yeah. And, uh, her, the song I listened to is called love language. And I, I mean, I don't know. It was really good. I've never heard of her. So uh, she's apparently been around for a while. She's written some big songs for other artists since like the 2010s and, She's doing her own stuff, so I like the song. Love language is pretty good. It's okay. singular for scissors. Yeah. <laughs> One scissor. Yeah. I, I, when I was looking through the pop stuff, there was a lot of like featuring scissor, or there was I saw that pop up a lot in, in yeah. the lists. Yeah. Interesting. It's just out. crazy how much we miss because we don't ever go down that channel of pop music so then when these award shows come on it's like who the heck is this person <laughs> i know no idea there's so many Where's genres that just get like they don't have any play in any of these shows ever right it's kind of a tragedy and we are the old guys now so we are yeah, it's really sad very much yeah it could be worse we, we could be young and liking that type of music and then we'd have to hate ourselves <laughs> that's true I, I have a good story about that about uh like my my parents trying to uh, show me something that they thought I would like, and it was just like shaking my head. Yeah, <laughs> they were watching a Rod Stewart concert. This was years and years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, they were watching a Rod Stewart concert, and I just happened to walk into the room, and my mom was like, "Oh, you should watch some of this because their his guitar player is just <laughs> wild." And I sat and watched, and I mean, the guys playing like normal little guitar, so <laughs> nothing crazy. And I'm like, okay, yeah, wow, yeah, Mom, that, woo, yeah. Hair, 
you know? But did you think he was sexy? Uh, oh, Rod, always, yeah. He's a hot Rod, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that song, Do You Think I'm Sexy, or whatever it's called, it just mm-hmm. reminds me of the Himalaya at the State Fair. <laughs> it was always playing exactly every what you're time. Talking about. I have my Himalaya song is uh, Hair of the Dog from Nazareth. <laughs> now, now you're messing with the son of a bitch because that's every time, man. Every yeah. time. <laughs> well, good times, great times, man. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, so my second choice um, was somebody named Nessa Barrett. I think also came from TikTok. And um, I don't think I really like her that much or never really listened to it, but um, she does have a good voice. And I thought it was interesting that at such a young, she's very young. She might even not even be 20 yet, but um, she has a song called sick of California. And she moved, I think she basically just ran away from home and moved there to become an artist. But in a very short time, she's obviously wise enough to know what a crap game she got into in show business and being in California, and then it feels like a prison for people that are there trying to make it in California. So I thought it was kind of a, a good song, clever song, good lyrics, and somebody pretty wise, actually, to pick up on that so quickly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. She's got wisened up very quickly, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Nessa yeah. Barrett, Tony. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's the funny thing sometimes about pop is that, you know, it's kind of all glossy and nicely produced, but there are some good themes every once in a while in there, you know? Um, so round out my country. Now I do, you know, that you guys know, I listen to low cash cause that's my friend. So, oh yeah. Uh, but, um, let me plug my computer in here real quick. <laughs> Sorry. That's not the name of the song. <laughs> I bet no, it would be a definitely good not, definitely not a country song. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's called Where It Ends by Bailey Zimmerman. And you know him? Your volume oh. just died. Can you hear me at all? I can. I can hear you, but it's light. Okay. I'm, I haven't changed a single thing. Sounds normal. <laughs> so I plugged in. Yes. Oh, really? Keep going. I mean, I okay. can hear you. It just sounded a little fainter than... Yeah. All was. right. We'll see. Uh, Where It Ends by Bailey Zimmerman. And um, vocally, it kind of sounded like Billy Joe Armstrong had a baby with Dermot Kennedy, and then they <laughs> took, they took up the banjo. Um, but I did like the voice and it, um, and the message. It was kind of like a the the place you get to at certain times where you're you take the stand for yourself. You know, I'm not going to do this again. So it kind of was not so sad and not so what was me you know it was just kind of like it was actually taking a stand so i liked it and it had a guitar solo in it i don't listen to enough country to know if that's like typical but uh i didn't expect it so cool monday uh yeah i got two country songs as well um one of them was the very first one i listened to off of this uh top country of 2022 uh zach bryan who i have heard of but i've never really listened to and man i listened to his song it's called something in the orange and it just blew me away i i was very impressed it did not sound like uh like typical pop country uh it was almost more of like a 
I don't know, maybe like a 70s ish singer songwriter country more. I don't, I again, I don't listen to Zach Brown. So I don't know if that's typical or Zach Brown, Zach Bryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if that's typical for him, but I will probably be looking into more of his stuff because I like the song that much. So nice. Cool. Yeah, it was really, really good. Well, mission Zach accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Um, I it's probably of of the four songs I picked, that's probably my top one that I'm walking away with here. Gotcha. Cool. T bags, you're up because I when I found what we're reviewing tonight, I just kind of went down that rabbit hole and started listening to it a lot. So, okay, I quit looking for others. Um, so I've got two pop. Jeremy, do you still have two left or? I got I, I got one, one country left. Okay. Um, well, this one, speaking of cheating, I didn't really cheat because I actually found this through Spotify, but a while back I listened to this podcast called, um, uh, what's it called? Oh, switched on pop. And they do like a deep dive breakdown and, and it's very interesting. So if you get a chance to listen to that, um, podcast, but, uh, they were talking about Julia Michaels, who I hadn't heard of because I don't listen to pop, but apparently she's written for like Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, Ed Sheeran, Nick Jonas, and her boyfriend at the time was J.P. Sachs, who was big in the in the industry. And um, the song is called All of Your Exes. And I guess it came from a conversation with them. Um, and it's it's great because like uh, it's it starts off kind of like typical. And then it goes into kind of like a Liz Fair kind of grungy vibe to it. And in the chorus, I have more to say about this, so just bear with me here. But the chorus is... Uh, I want to live in a world where all of your exes are dead. I want to kill all the memories that you save in your head. Be the only girl that's ever been in your bed. I want to live in a world where all your exes are dead. So it was very like, a, but it's saying in like a kind of a poppy way. And then, um, and the bridge. Me. Yeah. And she's really, really good writer. Like I went and listened to a bunch of her songs and she's an excellent writer, but the bridge, which also thought was fantastic is, uh, don't tell me to make nice that I should try to empathize. I'm confident I've got them accurately demonized. You tell me not to worry. I'm the only thing you see. Well, yeah, I fucking better be. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, nice. it, yeah, it was a really good song. So, um, What's her name? Julia Michaels. Julia Michaels. Okay. I guess she's like super popular in the pop world and, and sought after as a writer. But uh, definitely check out that song, All Your Exes. I think you'll like it. Well, she definitely sounds like a woman I would not want to be involved with. Yes. <laughs> Super yeah. jealous, like, you know, <laughs> horrible that you had a life before we met. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you just listen to the song, that is the takeaway. But on that podcast, they, they interview her, and she's she's pretty uh funny about it and just saying that, like, you know, I know that I get hurt by hearing about it, so I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Excellent. All right, Monday. Well, my last song actually uh, kind of made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> so I, I had to pick it. So I want people to hear it. Uh, funny enough, this song also has orange in the title. Uh, it's called Tennessee Orange, which when I read the title, I should have known exactly what that was referring to immediately, but I did not didn't dawn on me until I heard the lyrics. Uh, This girl, her name is Megan Maroney. um, 
and man, she's got an awesome, awesome voice. It's real, uh, I don't know, kind of smoky and husky. She's got a little, you know, a little edge to her, to her voice. And, uh, it starts off kind of, you know, it's like a young, young woman who's living in Nashville, trying to make her way. She's called, called home to her parents and she's telling them, you know, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm still writing songs. Everything's okay. Don't worry. But I met this boy. He's got pretty blue eyes. He opens the door for me and I just love being with him and all of this. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, you know, okay, cool. I got it. And then it, the lyrics take this turn and it's the song is just like this kind of melancholy mopey melody that is wonderful and it sounds great with her voice but the lyrics then take this turn and she starts singing about uh she's basically saying that she's a girl from georgia and it would be a sin it's like in georgia this would be a sin but i'm wearing tennessee orange for him <laughs> okay. like, so, she's a, so she's a georgia bulldogs fan and wearing Tennessee for this guy. And like, she doesn't want her family to hate her. And you know, she loves this guy so much. She switched teams. And I was like, that's, what that's is funny. happening? <laughs> what, what am I listening to? But that's it was great. great. It, was a lot of fun. it was a lot of fun. And just like the, the delivery with those lyrics just caught me off guard. But it, it's a good song. It's, it's fun. I'll definitely have to check that out. Tennessee Orange. What was her name? <laughs> Megan Maroney. <laughs> Megan Maroney. All right. All right. All right, T-Bags. Well, to finish it up, um, there's a song called Breakfast by Dove Cameron. And, man, she's she sings, and this is a compliment, not that she's um, mimicking her too much, but she sings like Billie Eilish. So she's got this great voice. And she's got a little grittiness and kind of flavor like K-Fly. So it's kind of a mixture of those two. And... Um, uh, I, I found three songs by her I liked, so I ended up having to rank them. And Breakfast is the one that I went with as my choice for the show. But I started a playlist, and I'm hoping in 2023 to try to do this every month for myself to like throw a couple songs in there out of the genres that I don't listen to. So I also threw in there Girl Like Me by her and Bad Idea. So if anybody is listening and want to take you know that route, Breakfast is the choice that I went with, and then Girl Like Me and Bad Idea. So, does she stay in that Billie Eilish soft range? Like, when we talked about it on the show one time. I think that we all agreed we kind of tire of like all yeah. of the artists who kind of like are coming out and just sound exactly like Billie Eilish, but they, they all sound. just never break out of they, they just stay in that little low, soft, hushed. Mm-hmm tone that they sing in does she come out of that or stay in that little pocket she does come out of that and not all of her stuff even sounds exactly like that so um but the but the first time i heard her i thought okay well this is somebody who either idolizes billy billy mm-hmm. eilish or you know, just another person who happens to be on the scene that sounds like that but um yeah she does she does go in and out and i think what really changes is i mean i, I like billy eilish's music too quite a bit you know i think phineas is Mm-hmm. an awesome producer but this has a different feel to it sometimes it goes more into like real drums and in just some gritty stuff right okay good i think yeah. we actually didn't we review her last record monday and we all agreed that it just was too yeah the whole way. Uh, 
yeah, she Billie Eilish, she does that thing where she hits that pocket and it's like a almost like a lazy, whispery kind of singing. But then mm-hmm. every once in a great while, she'll break out of that. She sounds fantastic, but she just relies too much on that pocket. And it's it's yeah, I that's we both were like, yeah, I just wish she would do more with she obviously has a good voice. Wish you'd do more with it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. All right. Well, well done, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks Doug. for playing along. <laughs> yeah, I was really hating you when you announced it. I thought oh, that's going to be fun, and I thought, geez, no. Yeah, because there are only a few few genres I don't listen to, and there's a reason why. Now you're making fun of them. Yeah. Man, I was going through. I started listening to like all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, obviously, the foreign language is not a problem for me. I've been a Romstein fan for hmm. 20 plus years, so I don't care about that. So right. I'm like, I'm trying to listen to like Arabic stuff. I looked <laughs> at like regional Mexican stuff. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I'll do country and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, I just didn't want to go down that road. So, all right. Well, that did lead to our album review this week because um, actually, I mean, in a way, I'll call myself a cheater. Boom. There it is. Call myself a cheater. (laughs) So Willow was on the Billy Corgan 33 podcast, um, which I was like, what? This is weird, you know? Um, and she's a huge fan of pumpkins and uh, Cherub Rock. And then recently she actually came on and played Cherub Rock with them live. Um, so I wasn't like unaware that this new record came out and it was a little bit different. So I did listen. She was pop. I don't think you really call her that anymore. So that's where I got to this record. And then I listened and I'm like, hey, this is pretty good. So I started listening. And then I realized that this isn't the first album where she started that change, you know, I went my hair back and forth was like 10 years ago and that was straight up pop cheese, you know, mm-hmm. and then her last record in 21, I think it was, um, she did some songs of Travis Barker and some other people. So she was transitioning. And I think that's how we get to where we are now. And this one's very different from the last one, but they're both sort of that pop punk. Um, but this has a lot more elements to it. The, the last one was more of that, um, blink 182 feel, I guess with mm-hmm. Travis Barker. So, but this one I feel like is more mature. There's a lot more there. There's a lot of variation. And so um, this was my choice, I guess, for out-of-pocket tunes. Yeah, I when you were texting me about it, I decided to dive in too. And I was I was surprised. I didn't follow along with some of those other things that you said. So um, to go from, you know, whip and nay-nay things to this album that was quite a jump. <laughs> Um, so I, I didn't know about the transitions, but yeah, uh, I liked it. And I, I thought she, like, I was trying to place her voice, which I liked, but it did have like a Haley from Paramore years and FK twigs and, um, uh, Taylor from pretty reckless, um, which surprised me to put those three names to her voice. Mm-hmm. So. But anyway, I don't know how you want to jump in on the review. That was just my initial. Well, let's just go through the record like we normally would. Um, And I I do think there's a lot to talk about with her vocals because she could definitely stay in that pocket with the soft. I mean, she does some of the falsetto stuff, but then Mm -hmm. the next line she's screaming, you know, so it's kind of 
in and out, which I thought was pretty cool. So the first song is Maybe It's My Fault. And for me, I would say that this is a great album opener. I think it fits the bill for that because it is, um, I wouldn't say that, well, it's radio friendly, I guess, but um, it's a little heavier. It's a good, um, just a good listening tune. Sets the tune. Lots of musical changes. Um, Definitely for me, like the first time, like, wow, this features a lot of guitars and actual drums and (laughs) there's not a drum machine here. What's going on? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the song was, you know, about breakups and understanding that both people play a role in the relationship. And I guess she's coming of age and going through all that right now. So that was cool. And one thing I noticed in this one, um, which the guitar thing obviously took me back, but there's a lot of cool bass grooves throughout this record. The bass is featured quite a bit and I didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, as far as the opening track, I think it, I I didn't love this song, but I think it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the album. Um, it's got like definitely the poppy elements, got, you know, a little bit of a kind of an electro feel and heavy guitars, but guitars are used kind of sparsely in this song, which in most of the songs, they kind of, the guitars come in and out, um, but they're mm-hmm. used fairly well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like this album, every song, I could say a lot of the same things, like of what I just said. Plus, I mean, it's like she's what, 22. So this is like, a, this is probably made over the last year or so. So she's like 21, 22 year old, you know, kind of get hitting that early 20s angsty period, you know, and mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of that to be heard here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point to root, to root it with where she is at in her life, not where we are <laughs> as listeners, you know? So yeah. And I agree too. I think it didn't make my top three songs, but I liked it enough um, as a song. And I definitely did think it was a good album opener as well for the same reasons that you guys are saying. So uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was good. So one thing that, you know, I took that into consideration too, as far as like where she is in her life and so what I looked at on a lot of these songs, did they come across as melodramatic or is there some clever phrasing and some nice lyrics that make it more palatable uh, to an older guy? So I kind of looked at those two because you're right. I mean, just different places in our lives. I think mm-hmm. there's a bit of both to be a bit of both of yeah. that. You can definitely hear like, I'm like, Oh, I remember when I felt that way, you know? And then it's like, and you're like you listen and you're like oh i like what she said there and i like you know cool turn of phrase here and there um one thing i i kept laughing at was like every time she would curse on an album i'd be like what <laughs> i bet her daddy didn't like that because you know the fresh prince he didn't have to curse <laughs> on his records so, yeah well he smacked somebody on stage so he's lost <laughs> the ability to get mad at her for dropping an f-bomb <laughs> yeah yeah for sure <laughs> Uh, that brings us to the second song, Falling Endlessly, which mm-hmm. I think really felt like the first song 2.0. I didn't love this one at all. It comes in with super peppy drums. Um, there was like a like kind of a little breakdown with some scratchy guitar work in there. And I her vocals, again, are all over the place, but I feel like it was in a good way. And I did like one of the lines um, when she talks about her friends are coming over, but you never liked them. And then she <laughs> says, you know, F the small talk, chatting, sitting down shallowness is like a poison crown um i thought that was pretty good because we can all relate to when your friend's friend came over that you didn't like or (laughs) didn't get along with so yeah 
buzzkill. Um, yes, same. I, but I, did, I actually liked you. Kind of just glossed over the guitars. I kind of liked <laughs> how they retreated for that one, and it was it was a nice flow off the first song too. So when you said opening 2.0, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, same for me. I mean, there there's a lot of this album. The first song I said, like kind of electro feel, but it's like some of it has kind of a, a almost a bit of a industrial feel, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of cool. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like the industrial stuff we grew up listening to, but it's definitely kind of you know, maybe an evolution of that. But it's mixed in yeah. with kind of poppy stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean most of this this song included it's just like i don't know kind of angsty pop pop with an edge maybe yeah like yeah. she's not happy about whatever's going on in most of these songs so <laughs> yeah <laughs> good point um but you're right though like there were some things thrown in like that that i thought well they were pretty cool and there was even one i think it had a little reggae feel um so but i like that i like that it was exploratory as far as the different sounds and styles so kudos mm-hmm. for giving it a go uh, third song, Curious Furious. This is probably my second favorite song on the record. Um, has that soft guitar coming in, and then it builds. And then we've got just the guitar and some clapping going on. And then, you know, all the instruments come in. And um, I, I thought it was, um, I, I like that this one wasn't being melodramatic for sure. It just talked about dealing with troubles and how you handle it. And she says, I'm getting over it now. I never wear a frown because life doesn't choose either side, win or lose, right or wrong. It's all battle in your mind. So yeah. I thought those lyrics were pretty good. It was one of the better lyric songs, I think. That was where those were some of the lyrics I wrote down too. And this was my favorite song on the album. Um, and I did like, I just felt like everything like clicked the way, like you said, it was building. Um, you know, the, the drums just nicely kind of went into kind of a double time and, um yeah all in all like and i think i texted you about that one steve when i was at work i wanted mm-hmm. to listen to it all through again and i kept going back to this one so uh i tried to pick out my top three and this was my favorite song okay yeah it was my number two so i don't really it. have anything to add on top of that <laughs> this yeah. one clearly wasn't in his top two or three i don't know that i had a top two or three. Oh, you son of a <laughs> It didn't feel like a Monday album, but he's playing along. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, at least it's not Fiona Apple level. Yeah, I didn't hate it. It's just kind of, I don't know, kind of interesting to hear where she is mm-hmm. in her growth, her musical growth. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to talk about growth, though, there has been a huge change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I would think uh, it would be, I mean, I think it would be hard to, find yourself coming from being the daughter of a famous person, you know, in the same industry. Not only that, but starting so young and Mm -hmm. like, where do you go from where she started? I mean, obviously you're not going to stay that child, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the most interesting thing is you come out and you have whip your hair back and forth or whatever. You're Mm -hmm. super popular the teeny boppers love you. And then you're going to tell the record company, Oh, by the way, I'm changing. I'm bringing, I'm playing guitar now that I just learned a couple of years ago. And I don't want to do that anymore. I think that's a pretty gutsy move for somebody that's that young. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I think, yes. Uh, 
I think someone like her in her situation uh, would be more able to do that and get away with it because no matter what, she is who she is and there's going to be eyeballs on whatever she does. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a lower risk when you... I mean, yes. she's not going to end up in her car on the streets. <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next song is called Why. Um, this one continues the theme of dealing with difficulties. Has uh, another guitar opening. Seems to be kind of a uh, thing that happens quite a bit. This one reminded me a little bit of Chili Peppers, I thought. And it had a really cool vocal delivery on this one. It was a little bit different. Um, it completely changes the drum beat in the background, the guitar. Um, and then they have kind of like a choral vibe going on over the top of all that, which I thought was pretty cool. And then, uh, then we get a big tempo change with fast-paced drums or vocals pick up. Um, and then it returns back, the structure returns back to the beginning of the song, which I don't know. Yeah. I, like the, I like this song quite I a bit. Kinda, I kind of dug this one too. That's what I, It kind of starts off almost uh, a little sweet. Kind of sounds a little sweet. Mm -hmm. and it kind of goes off the rails in this really interesting way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it definitely made me perk my ears up and I'm like what's going on here and then yeah so I listened to this one a couple times like that it's pretty cool it's pretty good i like this yeah this was my third yeah. favorite i this was probably tied for my third but um i don't have much more to add i don't want to just keep repeating because i i thought the same thing you guys thought um but i did what you noted steve i did like kind of how it would come back to it it felt very mm -hmm. controlled and erratic at the same time so yeah good stuff Next song, Coping Mechanism, which is the name of the album. And lyrics deal with emotions of young people. And this one really reminded me of My Chemical Romance. There was something there, um, especially with the Killjoy stuff. And I, I felt like this one almost went over a little too far into the melodramatic um, lyrically. So this one it was not one of my top favorites yeah um i liked it but like i i didn't i hear that now that you say my chemical romance but i just mm -hmm. kept like there it, it was like a oh I, this sounds like something so i kept writing it down and it was like there was a little bit of cure in there there's a little bit of violent femmes there's a little bit of uh bob mold and sugar mm -hmm. and then but it all like just kind of like melded into this typical 2000 punk pop type style so um it was good but it wasn't it wasn't it didn't rank for me you keep yeah you keep touching on like the melodramatic of it all and that's i, I mean i got that a few times listening to this and I, like i said you know i understand her her age where she's at and all of that like i get it but i i feel like where i'm at in in my life, I when I was that age, like I kind of filled my quota for the early 20 angst. And like I, I, I feel like I've heard what she's doing, but I, I have heard it done better. <laughs> but uh, and I don't have a lot of room for for new angst. So <laughs> yeah, 
but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, she's trying. I'll, I'll give her that, man. She's trying her ass. Well, she's not doing it for us, but she is doing it for the younger kids. That's for sure. Yeah. She's the queen, yeah. you know, I mean, they look up to that and love it. So that, I hope somebody hears this and it just, you know, make, makes total sense to them and they love it and mm -hmm. they live with it forever. Yeah. And that's the thing about that, right? It's like you connect <laughs> with it. Like, angst kind of likes other angst you know you're just like i feel this way so yeah if she was talking about gas prices i'd probably be into it but <laughs> how about split that's the next song breakup was... song yep mellow <laughs> mellow mellow um <clears throat> i did like i thought i had a pretty cool groove though and mm -hmm. i thought the lyrics were delivered really well on this one i, I loved her voice on this one and um, I like that line that she closed her heart. Now she's going to starve her love. Um, it yeah. was better than some of the angsty lines delivered in other ones. So mm -hmm. I like this one quite a bit. It was probably my fourth or so favorite. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I guess we're halfway through. So th did she write this stuff? Do she wrote know? it with um, a guy, Griotti, I think was his last name. Okay. Who does a lot of the music work with her on this too. I think the two wrote most of these songs together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought I pretty much thought the same thing you thought on that one. Monday. Ditto. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, if we're still talking about split, I don't like it. I mean, it's a breakup song. I didn't really have much more to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, the next one, "Hover Like a Goddess." Um, mm -hmm. This was kind of, I think, well placed in the record because you come off of this one, which was a little slower and softer, and this one is definitely. Uh, a lot more fast tempoed. I thought it had a really cool bass groove. The bass was most definitely the star on this song. Um, you're like the ocean coming and going. I want to surf your waves to the shore. I mean, those are okay. It's poetic, yeah. I suppose. Um, didn't love this one, but I definitely dug the bass groove. This one, yeah. I, I'm reading the lyrics to this song, and I love the title. I like the concept where she pulled the title from I mean, well, I mean, not the concept, but the, the actual lyrics that she pulled the title from, and um, I, I feel like this song is just basically—it's almost like she's just lusting after someone. That's what it. That's well, kind of what I got out of it. Like, is I feel like is this is a very lusty song. Like, mm -hmm. I, I am attracted to this person. <laughs> we hear what we want to hear, Jeremy. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm Monday. Kidding. I'm kidding. I could say <laughs> I could totally feminist see song. It's like a feminist anthem. Look at you, <laughs> hater. I mean, no. what's more feminist than that? We got a misogynist <laughs> on the show, everybody. What's more feminist than singing a song about having a crush on another woman? That's what it sounded like to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, I, I aside from all that stuff, I, I thought, and maybe you have to go back to hear this, but I thought it sounded like a Panic at the Disco. Like inspired hmm. song. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but I, I did like the probably, bass. You could probably say that about a lot of songs. On uh, even just yeah. like um, maybe structure wise, like early Panic. Yeah. Yep. I can see um, that. But yeah, I did. And I did like the lyrics too. So still pretty strong. I mean, through halfway through the album, past the halfway mark. Yeah. Um, next song, You're a Stranger. I think there's a video for this one. Um, it's a heavy song. Uh, had some nice, cool effects in the beginning, which was a little bit different. Vocal delivery was really strong, I thought. There was a 
like she screams a number of times on this record, but this one she was kind of screaming, but it was almost like a muffled scream, which is a nice little touch. Yeah. Short song and had a really strong finish. A lot of these songs are really short, actually. A lot of think, two to three and a half minute ones. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, wasn't this one like less than two minutes? Just like over the, two, wasn't it? Okay. I don't, I, I can one check. Of them, one of them was less than two. I mean, maybe it wasn't this one. There's a lot of fun uh, guitar riffage in this one. I enjoyed that quite a bit. This one yeah. was two minutes and five seconds. Okay. Um, yeah. This was my third favorite song. And I like those things that you mentioned too, kind of like the, um, arrangement i guess you know and some of the gritty drums and feedback that they kind of threw in there and i did like her vocal treatment um and there was a there felt like a a little bit of like a metal guitar riff in there like a typical mm-hmm. you know yeah mar- marching metal sound yeah yeah next I'll one is... metalhead monday on that one he, said, he gives yeah. that a thumbs up approval yes yeah i mean i i didn't hate it and yeah it's about the guitars were there nice and heavy Heavy and yep. crunchy. <laughs> Perfectly Not Close to Me was the next song. And this one opened with a male singer. It was weird. Um, I did not like it. This was probably my least favorite song on the record. Um, I he was His voice was jarring to me. I didn't like that at all. So. I, I'm on the same page there. I, from the, I saw the title and I was like, what in the world does that even mean? <laughs> that then, is weird, yeah. Guy, yeah this guy's name is eves eves tumor his last name is tumor <laughs> yeah then he started singing and i was like nah, I'm, I'm good <laughs> okay well i liked it <laughs> um <laughs> the title Get was out. jarring to me but i know <laughs> well now hear me out here it his voice kind of sounded like um the guy from the faint but not necessarily singing so I would have liked to have heard that a little bit more, but um, everything felt a little bit robotic, and that is something you know. Anytime electronics are kind of used, I'm kind of at least leaning into a little bit more. So it didn't make my top three, but I, I did like it. It it did make my top ten. <laughs> there's ten songs, right? There's <laughs> Am I wrong on that? There's eleven. There's eleven. <laughs> oh, made my top eleven. Sorry. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> saying something uh the next song no control this is my favorite song on the record this one i think was the strongest vocally the mm-hmm. chorus was super smooth had this really good flow but man her voice changes dramatically throughout the song um she's like just beautifully singing she's got some falsetto sometimes and then she's screaming, but she goes back and forth between that so smoothly. Um, I mean, I think she really has great control over her voice on this one. Uh, the chorus, don't want to see, don't want to speak, forget to breathe, forget to be, just mm-hmm. like I always do. It's not for you. It's not for me. That whole singing of that, this the flow is so good. So I love this song. This is my favorite one. That was, this is my second favorite song. Uh, I know you had texted me and told me, you know, this was one that you were you were digging when I was telling you that I like Curious and Furious. But same thing, I felt like the melody on that part is so catchy, but it's mm-hmm. but it's it's a uh, kind of entrancing too. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, everything about it was good from lyrics to how she sang it, and um, 
yeah i don't that that kind of like gets thrown into my work playlist and that's a that's kind of a high honor because i already don't want to be at work so i'm definitely not going <laughs> to listen to music that i don't want to listen to so yeah Jer jeremy did you like uh the no control uh yeah i mean it was okay i these last two songs i really didn't make too many notes about i mean they they you know they were just okay i the, mm -hmm. the title of the last song grabbed my attention but then I yeah was, it did i don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of the last song, it is called Batshit. And um with an exclamation point. Yeah, because she means it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I thought it was a great album closer. It was a little bit of heavier, a little bit of a banger, and it brought home that final message. Like uh, be like she's processing everything through the whole record, and then this one, she is just over it. <laughs> and that's how yeah. the album ends. And it had really cool drum work on this uh, song that I really liked. So, yeah, you know, maybe this is number five or six for me. I don't know. But good album closer. Yeah, I thought it was good album closer. A lot of albums that I listen to end with with uh, softer songs, and I think that's because they have such a build up that there's like you kind of need that moment to just like breathe and kind of come back down. But because No Control didn't have that crazy high energy. Um, I thought it was a nice way to like just end it kind of the way that it came in in some ways. So uh, I didn't necessarily love the song. Um, it didn't make my top five even, but it was a good placement, I think, for the closer. Yeah, I agree with the, the closer stuff. She definitely brought some energy to kind of wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, folks. That is the entire album by Willow. So now we will rate it. Will we listen again? Mr. Mundy, I know you will not listen again, but what would your numeric score be? Um, I might actually listen to it at least one more time just to really pass judgment. But <laughs> <laughs> there's just the songs are so hit or miss for me. There's a lot of elements that I really like about it. I, it's super interesting to hear her growth as a songwriter, performer, you know. Um, I, I, a lot of this, so much of this really speaks to her age and where she is, uh, you know, with her mentality, where she's at in her life and all of that. It's, I, I it's so easy to listen to this and she's got to be in her early twenties and she is. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, some of it's surprising, some of it's just kind of weird and, but uh, yeah, I, I would give it a two, two out of five. All right, you heard it here, Monday, five out of five. Excellent. Yes, Tony. <laughs> um, well, okay. So first of all, when you said that you found Willow or whatever, and I just looked it up, there was no outright indication that it was Willow Smith. You know, mm -hmm. um, and so my at my first listen, I wasn't even thinking about it that way. It, it didn't take long to figure out who she was, but. Um, so I was listening to her as an artist that was kind of new on the scene and, and I liked it, you know, so, and then all in all, I think it came out to be pretty good. I gave it a, a little bit of a higher rating. I gave it a three, five. I think she has room to improve, but I will listen again. And on top of that, I think this is kind of factored into my rating is I will probably check out what comes out next from her. You know, I'm kind of interested mm -hmm. in her progression. So, um, it didn't kill it for me by any means. 
Yeah. Um, I agree with all that. That was interesting. I I don't know. I really like the record. Um, I definitely love her maturation here. But I think m- most of all, I mean, the music was different and varied throughout, but it was similar enough to make this kind of a cohesive album. But for me, the strongest part is her voice. I think she has a very unique voice. She has a lot of great control over it. She doesn't really sound like anybody else right now. So I kind of dig that. So I gave it a four out of five and I will definitely listen again. I don't think I'll listen to her entire catalog, but uh, we'll just start here (laughs) and go forward. (laughs) There you go. So there you have it, everybody. All right. Well done people. All right. So, um, that's the musical portion of the show. We're going to talk about Sandman 23. Going to hang around, T-Bags? Okay. He goes to hell. Does he? Okay. Yes. Um, well, I don't, I'm going to bail just because if I actually do read these, I don't want to be spoiled, number one. But two, um, we're at the hour mark, and I got dogs downstairs. So if I have nothing to contribute other than I'll probably make some jokes that you guys won't laugh at. So yeah. I'll laugh, Tony, on the inside. Okay, thanks. I appreciate that. But it was <laughs> good right. to see you guys, and I'm glad that uh, this challenge came out of the or the review came out of the challenge. That was kind of cool. So, yeah, Monday okay. doesn't think so, but <laughs> it is what it is, right, guys? Yeah, can't win them all. <laughs> and it's not like there is a ton of new stuff coming out that we're all just chomping at the bit to get to right now. Which seems weird to me, but I don't know. I guess it makes more sense. Like, I remember working in a record store and, like, so many new things coming out in the month before Christmas. But mm-hmm. in this world of, you know, hardly any physical media at all, I guess it, you know, whatever. Makes it doesn't matter sense. anymore. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, we're seeing a lot more touring, which is good. So I wonder if they don't time. release as many things now. Like you said, Muddy, they don't have, you don't have physical copies to give as gifts. But if you're you know, releasing something digitally um, or for streaming, there's too much going on that it may get missed. And so maybe that's why they don't. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that makes sense. Like everybody's so busy. Are they really listening to their Apple, their Spotify or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and how much of that is people listening to Christmas music? <laughs> True. True. Yeah. True. So I'm guessing that they probably studied this and realized that album sales are lower during this time period. So makes sense. Yeah. All right, teabags. We will see you around. Okay. Have a good night guys. All right. Here we have it, everybody. Sandman. Issue 23. Mm-hmm. Very strange issue. Is it? I mean, I don't know. Yes. I feel like it's mostly just, uh, dialogue between two people what i mean by that is and and specifically thinking about the tv show the build-up and what happens don't really go together you could almost say it's anticlimactic but i think that's intentional i think that's very intentional because i mean even like you have dream this super crazy powerful you know embodiment of an abstract concept and he's like 
terrified. Mm-hmm. He's so scared of what he's going to find, what he's going to have to do, if he's going to survive. And then he gets there and really nothing happens. <laughs> I think he really thinks he's not going to make it. I mean, the yeah. fact that he goes and talks to all these people before this, I think he really thinks he's not coming out. Yeah. So, I agree. Yeah. So you're like building, you know, and then in the TV show, it totally builds it up. Like they're waiting for all these demons in hell or waiting for him. You know, I wonder how they're going to do it. I wonder if they will stick to what happens here in the show. I hope so. I mean, most of it's been fairly faithful, so I really hope it does. Uh, Me too. Just build that tension. And then, you know, people that have read it are obviously going to know what's coming, but people that haven't, they're like, I hope they do a great job of just building tension, making him feel so incredibly anxious and nervous, and just kind of like let the air out of the balloon. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it really does. I mean, so just to catch up, he's heading to hell because he needs to get Nada. He realizes he has treated her poorly, and he's going to get her out of hell. And so this is where we pick up in our story. And what does he find when he gets there? What he finds is a lot of nothing. nothing. <laughs> a lot of emptiness. Nothing. Finds um, these crazy elaborate gates. And why are they open? They're never left open. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so I, it's been a while. I read this a few weeks ago. Okay. Do I, I cannot remember. Do we know where everybody goes when they're released? No, no. Uh, okay. Actually, he he specifically asks that of Lucifer. Okay. And that it's towards the end. I mean, I can answer that now, or we can get. Yeah, there. you can. I mean, we're just talking about the issue, so go so, for it. Yeah, I mean, he specifically asks like where because I think when Dream gets there, uh, Lucifer is basically like, "Yeah, I quit." So yep. <laughs> uh, got a couple things. Yeah, I got a couple things to wrap up. You wanna, you know, we can walk and talk. Come with me. We'll we'll talk about what's going on. And um, he's uh, so he he has like a couple of couple of straggling demons, mm-hmm. you know, like hey, we're done, get out. And uh, he dream asks him where they go, and he was like, don't know, don't care. He's like, mm-hmm. I, they're not staying That's here. Right. Once I once they're out of here, not and my they, don't they seem a little hesitant to go? Uh, like they just, don't know where or <laughs> yeah. Like the last couple, they're not. Uh, one of them actually kind of challenges Lucifer a little bit, not yeah. not like physically challenges him, but he's right. saying like, "What? This is not the Lucifer I know. What has happened to you? You know, you were so great. Now this would." would normally never do this and so he just like basically snaps his fingers and that demon's gone yeah so yeah he's done he's quitting he's given up the realm and turning over the keys the literal keys to dream one key one yeah so i mean you've read the rest i haven't read the rest so my thinking is in something that is as anticlimactic as this is you expected a big battle the fact that we don't know where they went will at some point come back or there will be something that he has to deal with with that. And then the second part is this key is going to weigh on him somehow Yeah. at some point. Cause otherwise the issue would be like a, huh, you know, 
Yeah, but, uh, well, I mean, so through the whole thing, like their whole discussion, Lucifer is like, I've been doing this for 10 billion years. I'm tired. I don't want to do it anymore. No, I'm, no, I'm going to go go on my walkabout, try to figure out what I'm going to do. And uh, here's the key. And good luck with that. And mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of it's basically he has evacuated all of hell and is closing it up and turning over the responsibility to dream to basically see how much that screws up dreams life. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all, all of this is just to set up dream to try to see how spectacularly he fails. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Yeah. So, but yeah, so as far as an issue, if you're looking for a battle, you're not going to find it. But I loved that when I was reading it, it was so different than what I expected that um, it kind of came across as a little bit refreshing. So, because yeah. we already had one battle, you know, between the two. So, well, you know, it wasn't we even with Lucifer, it was with the, uh, yeah. the demon that had his helm. Yeah. So, very cool. In, in the show, it was with Lucifer. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was one of the changes they made. And so. I think I said. I think I said before we were recording, but I want to mention here. Uh, yes. We see the art of Kelly Jones here again, who is fantastic. Anyone not familiar with his work should immediately look him up. Um, but he is, he does a lot of horror stuff. Um, he, you know, he's really good at just big kind of almost uh, elongated forms, a uh, lot of flowy robes. Batman um, ears. Yes. Yeah. Super, <laughs> super long. But uh, his facial expressions in this on both dream and Lucifer are just fantastic. And I mean, there, there's one shot where Lucifer is just, he has this huge smile and these big bright eyes, but there's like this shadowy lighting on him. And he just says, I quit. And it is so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just unnerving. And then there, by, as soon as he says, he, I've quit, then there's like three panels of dreams just like reacting to that and making faces like a shocked face and then a kind of thinking. And then he's like, I don't really know what to say to that. <laughs> yeah, that right there. <laughs> God, it's hard to get in front of that stupid little camera. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, the lots of panels in this one reminds me of. Uh, there's a lot of like the nine is the nine panel ones like from the Watchmen, um, but of course it's very varied as well. Like they've got the one with the long panel, and then the yeah. horizontal ones and everything. Yeah, um, but there's a lot more to this one than in some of the other issues. That is our, a conversation. That page, those two pages you just showed there, actually. Uh, Again, Kelly Jones, this is kind of in his wheelhouse. There's this one demon that's kind of, I don't even know if he's really a demon, but um, he's this guy who's been uh, kind of chained to this rock with all these hooks in his skin for, you know, thousands thousands of years. And uh, the way that Kelly Jones draws it, I mean, it's amazing. This reminded me of a scene straight out of like Hellraiser. Yeah, Breschau or Breschau or I don't know how you say it, but he's the demon. Yeah, 
and he's like desperately wanting to be punished. Didn't you hear me? I've killed. <laughs> yeah. I heard you. Killed a number of people who, who by yeah. now would be long since dead anyway. So what? <laughs> yeah, that's what he tells him. Like, basically, no one remembers you. It's been long yeah. enough. No one, no one remembers you. No one cares. You're done. See ya. Get out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's going to be, yeah, I'm kind of excited, too, because where do they go? Yeah. And uh, I want to read that. So. And um, I, the, way, the way they draw this key so cool looking like i've actually seen people that have tattoos of this key to hell and i yeah i the thought of getting that getting a tattoo of that has crossed my mind more than back in the day now uh, i'm trying to find it now yeah your pages are like very loud <laughs> what are you talking about i don't even know what you're Let's see here. Um, oh. What are you looking for? Is it this? I can't tell what that is. Is that the key? Uh, no, that's the knife that he cut his wings off with. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, we forgot. We didn't even mention that. Because that's kind of a... Kind of a grotesque thing. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of interesting graphic stuff in this one. That yeah. scene specifically where he act, asks Dream to cut his wings off. There's the, um, like this picture, this image right here where he's without his wings reminded me of the uh, X-Men movie when they, uh, which I can't remember which one that is now, it's been years, um, where he cuts the wings off in the bathroom or whatever. Was that Apocalypse? No, it was before that, wasn't it? Was I it? can't remember. They all just kind of bleed together. There's the key right there. Yeah, it's long and skinny. With little jaggedy teeth. I can't remember which X-Men movie that was now. That wasn't... Two, was it? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a long time. It really has. Mostly because they don't hold up super well. <laughs> I always felt like X Men Two did. Yeah. No striker. Yeah, I, but again, I haven't watched it in 12, 13 years, so I don't know. Who knows? Anywho, all right. Well, that was twenty three. That was fun. We'll get to twenty four at some point. Yeah, I like. I, the last page is so good. I mean, it's basically where he's telling him, you know, good luck. I'm, you're in charge now. And he's kind of, he's got like this kind of shit eating grin on his face. And <laughs> perhaps it will destroy you and perhaps it won't, but I doubt it will make your life any easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he still doesn't have nada. So. Yeah. Or right. Where she is. Yeah, I still got to find her, so we'll see if that happens. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap that up. Um, I can't sit here too much longer because I have this pain in my shoulder that I re-injured picking up that book. Oh, my God, it hurts. Oh, It's hurt all day, but it started to feel a little bit better than I lifted the book, and now I just can't even hardly move. Still have. Yeah, I'm still reading the, the brick here. The, that's like, a girthy boy. 
two phone books put together. I, I this actually put me reading this issue put me into the six hundreds on the page count in this book. And is that I, a leather bound one? Uh, no, it's not leather, and that's my bookmark. I'm six hundred <laughs> some pages in. I still got a bunch to go. Nice. All right, Mr. Mundy. If people want to find you, where would they do that? Oh, just on Instagram. I've been posting uh, at Metalhead Mundy, before I forget to say that. But I've been posting. Uh, my nephews gave me a Funko Pocket Pop Advent calendar. So I've been posting those every day. Open it up, see who I get, and try to find some comics that I have that feature that character. It's been kind of fun for me. Those are cool. Yeah, I yeah. love it every day seeing those. Those are neat. That was a great gift. All right. Well, you can find me, Foggy's Pal, on Instagram and Twitter. I post nothing interesting, so don't worry. <laughs> and uh, you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and SoundCloud. And you can find... Uh, no, you're not going to find anything there. Sorry, never mind. And we're going to be on a brief hiatus. So uh, it's going to be a few weeks before we're back, but uh, we will return at some time for ish or episode, what is it, 134 and issue 24 of Sandman. So everybody enjoy your holiday break and uh, we'll see you then. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I got to get our outro going until I biffed it. You guys, you ready for the outro? Well, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Everybody enjoy the holidays. We'll see you. See you on the other side. Later.